Good morning. Pastor Ronnie, you weren't scheduled, but it can still be arranged. <laughs> if you're like feeling led to teach <laughs> today. Oh my goodness, it feels like I've been doing this a long time, but haven't done it in a long time. How do you just reconcile that? It's like April, I think, the last time I came to uh, share with you guys, and I'm excited for what God has. How's your season going? <laughs> Good? Everybody finished your shopping? No, yeah. Why was it a guy that said, yeah? (laughs) Women were still sitting at home going, oh, I don't know if they would really like that. Maybe we should do that. I'm not sure. Um, But I'm excited for the season. We actually had Thanksmas about a week ago because our middle son, Matthew, his wife, and their children could only come in from Virginia for that time. And we had such a good time. We get to have Christmas twice, you know? It's very cool. Um, But today we are going to get into a few things that I believe the Lord has for us. I'm excited about the Word today. I'm always excited about the Word of God because you know what? It's the only thing that changes us. It's the only only thing that renews our minds and allows us to think differently. So I am always excited and encouraged to get into the Word. So if you'll stand with me, we're going to read a couple of passages that are going to seem really totally, that have nothing to do with Christmas. Let's just be honest. But it's absolutely where we need to go today. So let's read together. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Then we have two more brief Scriptures, teach us to number our days that the way heart of wisdom. And finally, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Father, I thank you for another day of breath another day of life, another day of hope that we might get it right, Father, through you. I thank you, Lord, for every opportunity that you give us. And I pray, Lord, as we sit under your word today, that we would be challenged, that we would be encouraged. Father, that your word would do everything that you send it to do. We know it never returns void unto you, so we are expecting it, Lord, to accomplish what you've sent it to do. I pray, Father, they would forget the things that I say that make no sense, and Father, that they would grab hold of everything that comes from you. You are faithful and good, and we are excited to listen to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I am excited. We are going to be talking, you might have picked up on it just a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about time today. Last week, we talked about the ghost of Christmas past, and today, we're going to move forward into the Well, we're not, 
okay, it's kind of about the ghost of Christmas present, but I'd rather talk about the Holy Ghost and his presence. <laughs> but anyway, uh, time is one of those things. I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, when I first started to get into this, I thought, you know, well, time stands still for no one. And I thought, oh, unless Joshua, <laughs> because pretty sure Joshua prayed and the scripture says that the moon and the sun stopped in their course. And I don't know about you, I don't have that kind of prayer life, but I would like to. Um, for the rest of us, time just keeps rushing by. And yesterday's, um, you know, it's like our, our tomorrows become yesterday's with just frightening speed. You don't realize it, I don't think, or I didn't realize it as much when I was young and the babies were young because let's be honest, when you have young children, basically your two goals in life are to keep them alive and to keep your sanity. And if you accomplish both of those things in one day, it's a win. Um, but later in life, your perspective begins to change a little bit and you can appreciate things a little bit more than you did at that time. And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about... Um, an instance in my life, it prompted, I wrote a poem a long time ago. I was going to say it's like 20 years ago, but then that would reveal my son's age. And, you know, we all know how sensitive they are. Um, <laughs> my little baby that was standing right here. Um, but it was prompted because I was walking down the hallway in our house, and as I walked down the hallway, I passed this guy that was taller than I was, and I wanted to say, excuse me, sir, and then I realized it was Aaron, and, um, and I thought, where did the time go? My baby had been stolen by time and replaced with this full-grown man, and uh, I had to kind of let my heart melt for a minute when I realized we miss so much, you know, while they're growing up, it's like we're just trying to get to the next thing, and we miss the moments. We miss the beauty of being present, of just being there for that time, and and so I had been writing about that. And this portion, I won't read it all because let's be, it honestly turned out like a book and, uh, <laughs> and nobody's got time for that. But the most important part, it says, um, precious few the years we have to protect beneath our roof, to kiss skinned knees, to pull them from trees or to hear the lispy tooth. Memories each day are made, be them great or fair, but of late I find myself at your bedside just thanking God you're there. It's so hard to think of babes in arms holding babies of their own. It comes so fast, the future is past, and my little boy is full grown. Forgive me for mistakes I made while learning as I went, for ball games missed and boo-boos not kissed and special time not spent. If I could do it over, I know just what I would do. I'd never waste a moment of the time I had with you. Each time I had the chance to sit and talk with you, I would. I would make less of the mistakes you made and always emphasize the good. I would tell you each and every day how blessed you make me feel. I would spend the time with you each night beside the bed to kneel. And then I jump forward, <laughs> you know, epilogue. I'm thankful for my time with you. My day will always be. My day will empty be when baby boy, his mother's joy, leaves hearth and home and knee. But I'm always here, sweet.
sweet Aaron dear, my arms will always hold. Though tall you be at six feet three, a mom is, a son is never too old to crawl into his mother's lap and sit for moments rare, recalling sweet, perfect tiny feet and downy cotton hair. I wish we had more time. I wish we had more time. Aaron? <laughs> Mom? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to sit as far back as possible. Do not call my name. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> You're so good. Thank you, babe. <laughs> if I were sitting, if I'd had a rocker, it'd have been so much more perfect. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have come then either, but <laughs> it went so fast. I just wish I could have embraced the moments more. I wish I could have been present. I wish I could have been present in the moment. And see, that's the thing that I feel like the Lord is, is giving me today to share with you guys is to be consciously present in today. So often we are hungry and we long for yesterday's manna. We look behind us and we see all of the things that we had and somehow feel like we are lacking today because we don't have what yesterday brought. But that moment, I embrace that moment. And you have moments every single day that are flying by you that one day you're going to look back and go, oh, I should have appreciated that. I should have cherished that. I should have been in that moment. And that's my encouragement to you today is to Forget those things that lie behind and press toward that calling that God has and be present in the blessing that you have right now. I find it interesting that the children of Israel who were in slavery and in bondage when things got a little tough, they so longed for the leeks and the garlic of their bondage. Sometimes the only shiny things that come through from our past are the good things that we choose to remember rather than the full picture, you know? And my, I just want to encourage you to stop hungering for what was yesterday because you know what? The manna that you had yesterday was great and it sustained you and fed you yesterday, but according to scripture, it stinks and is rotten today and it's not going to do you much good. By the same token, sometimes we get so caught up in saying, oh, well, when this happens, I'll, it'll be better. Tomorrow will be better. You know, we, we, we cast our vision out into, well, well, when this happens, then I'll be happy. Or, or when this happens, then I'll feel fulfilled. And even in doing that, even though we should have hope, we lose sight of now. We lose sight of now. And what's going on in our world right now? You know what's so funny is I'm studying this thing about being present and being in the moment and allowing God to really minister. And I have this Saturday night ritual when I teach, and it usually means I ignore people and stay by myself. And... <laughs> It 
it works for me. And, <laughs> and my husband has learned to tolerate it. Um, but Katie and Dustin had to be here last night because of the play. So I went over and I was taking care of Nora and Rowan, a one-year-old and a two-year-old. And they are slippery suckers when you get them in a bathtub. <laughs> I hope they're not watching and the knot has probably gone down by now. But, um, and so I am wrestling these toddlers in the floor of the bathroom. It was, it was a moment. And, uh, and I'm like, God, I'm supposed to be at home studying right now. And then all of a sudden he went, aren't you supposed to be teaching about being present in the moment? I said, God, that was for them. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always what the teaching is supposed to be for them? <laughs> so I chased them down, dried them off, put clothes on them, and appreciated every single moment. <laughs> but see, the alternative is that we walk blindly and numbly through life. You know, we can so shut down in a heartbeat if we don't like something or if things aren't going the way we want them to be. But let me tell you something. Be present for the pain. Be present for the laughter. Be present for the joy. Be present in the middle of the things you don't really like and in the things that you greatly enjoy. You have been given the gift of today. You have been given the gift of time. And time, see, when we started this thing about Christmas time, we were looking at past, present, and future, but I couldn't get past time. Because scripture shows us that there's such a sacred nature to time. And we can, you know, it's what's interesting or what's funny is on this side of time, when the years behind me are greater than the ones in front of me, you gain a new perspective, a new appreciation. My kids, I'll be playing. I've got 10 grandkids. Okay, Hal has 10 grandkids too, but we have 10 grandkids and oh my gosh, they are hilarious and funny and all of the things Hal and I think are hilarious, their parents don't get it. And, um, and they're like, who are you? You are not the same parent that raised me. And that's true. That's true because on this side of it, there's nothing that that's, is that big of a deal. You know, it's your job to raise them and keep them alive. It's our job to laugh at you and enjoy it. And I mean, they're wonderful. They are wonderful and your perspective changes because you know how quickly this becomes that. You know how quickly the years are going to peel past. And so I just felt like the Lord wanted me to encourage you today to appreciate where you are, to find the beauty of where you are, and to be present. In order to do that, I'm going to take us just for a few minutes into the journey of the uh, ghost of Christmas present. It's so funny how things just jump out at you when you're actually looking for them in a and so the very first thing that struck me, if we are going to live in the present, if we are going to live and appreciate everything that is around us, which was the goal in uh, A Christmas Carol, was to bring Scrooge to the point that he actually appreciated his life and saw the beauty of everything around him, right? So if it worked for him, then maybe a few of these uh, keys will work for us. And the very first thing that struck me, well, number one, 
Christmas present is my favorite. <laughs> Presents too, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Christmas present, I mean, he, in the, in the original, it's like he is hearty and he is robust and he's tall and he has curly red hair and... <laughs> <laughs> random, I know, but he is just this, he's gregarious and he's loud and he reminds me of my family. And uh, I love that the, his opening uh, parlay is, come in, come in and get to know me better, men. And that is the call of the Holy Spirit every single day. Will you come in? Will you come in and get to know him better? That we awaken every morning to new mercies, new mercies. And we awaken every morning to the wooing of the Holy Spirit into a deeper relationship with the Father. I love that he does that. In the movie, it's like you can just see that look on Scrooge's face like, okay. You know, well, number one, he's sitting on a pile of food and he's covered with, he's got a green robe. I almost got the green robe, but then I thought, how we'll get tired of seeing it around the house. And, and so I didn't get it. But I love that he says, come in and know me better. Come in and know me better. And they do. Uh, he, he takes a journey forward and he begins to get into a relationship and start talking with this ghost of Christmas present. The first thing we need if we are going to fully enjoy our lives and fully be present in our lives is to accept the invitation of Christ, to know him better. To, to know him better, we don't... <laughs> I'm watching the praise team leave because I said the word robe and it's supposed to be a, a key at the very end is the word robe, so they're going to all come back out here in just a minute. <laughs> His outfit. I didn't mean robe, not this robe. <laughs> they're like, we just sat down. <laughs> So you can feel free to play for the next 30 minutes. It's all good. <laughs> I could not have planned that better. <laughs> okay. Uh, come in and know him better. The very next thing he says that just tickles me is that Scrooge begins to talk with the ghost of Christmas present. And the ghost of Christmas present says, you know, I've got 1,800 siblings. Now it would be 2,000. And Scrooge says, that's quite a family. And, uh, and the ghost says, you have no idea. Or, or you, should, you, you just don't have any idea. I'm paraphrasing. Guys, when you come in and you accept the invitation of Christ to get to know him better, to come and be a part of what he's doing, you got family that comes along with that. And it's a wonderful, wonderful blessing. <laughs> oh, I'm still tickled at the whole robe. <laughs> uh, the blessing of family, the blessing of family. So you cannot look into the heart of God. You can't get close to God and not recognize how he carries his family in his heart. It's just going to be there. That is, that's part of who he is. You know what the wonderful thing to me is? When I accepted Christ as my Savior, I got the most amazing siblings. I got the most amazing siblings. You realize that you are now part of the family that includes Simon Peter and Andrew and James and Philip and Thomas and Matthew and Bartholomew, Judas. <laughs> 
There was two Judases, just so you know. James and John, Mary, Joseph, David. You are part of this rich heritage that you have as being a part of the family of God. And it's all when he says, come in, come in and know me better. You know, I love that when he speaks about his family, there's almost this, when he says, you have no idea, or if you only knew, how many of us would respond that way when talking about our families? You know, what's your family like? Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> They're awesome. You can tell there's this respect for his family and this love for his family, but there's also part of him that goes, oh, we're not going to tell you all the stories because we know where the stories would lead. So we accept him. We accept the invitation to get to know him better, to come fully in and be a part of that. And with that, we get surrounded by family. Guys, we will encourage you to live your best, fullest life because we love you. We love you. The people sitting next to you, did you know they're part of your inheritance? People are like, what? <laughs> Do not change seats. And <laughs> people look into the left and right. I don't know about this. But they're part of your inheritance. This is part of the blessing that we have. I love walking through these doors and encountering family. You know what? Sue Cole, I know she loves me because she feeds my kids. And I know she loves me because she loves my family. You know? If you love him, if you say you love him, you need to love his family. You need to, you know, I hear it a lot. Well, I'd be great at, you know, church is great except for the people. Church is the people. This is just a building. This is just a building. And if you love him, my prayer would be that you would love his family. One of the next things that strike me uh, or struck me when getting to know him, getting to know his family, and then Mrs. Cratchit, I'm not sure if Miss Cratchit has a name. I'll just call her Mrs., but her husband, Bob Cratchit, had gone to church with Tiny Tim. And, and uh, she said, how did things go? And, and he said, Tiny Tim had told him, uh, I could read it to you, that'd probably be better. It says, he is no longer concerned with how people look at him during church because as a cripple, it might be pleasant for them on Christmas day to be reminded of the one who makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. You can't be a part of the family of God and not get transparent. <laughs> you know what? Because your testimony may be the one that sets the person next to you free. And if you pretend that you have no issues, you're a liar. Scripture says that if we, if we say that we have no sin, then we are a liar. And we're also deceived. You know, you... And what you carry and what God has delivered you from, you know, it is great for him to see the God who made the lame to walk and the blind to see. It's also great for him to see the one who set the addict free and the one who has wounds from the past that he set free, the one who is walking in shame and disgrace and, and pain and unforgiveness. He sets them free too. And see, if we all come together as the family of God and we're not afraid to be transparent, we just might see some more deliverances. We might see some more people get real about their lives. We have this moniker out there that says life happens here. And it isn't, ooh, life happens here. It's life happens here. Life happens here. You have permission to be human. 
because you have a God who is bigger than whatever you did in your humanity. He is a big God. He is a big God. So you get the invitation to come and be a part of what he's doing. You get the blessing of being surrounded by his family. You have permission to be real. And the final thing that struck me in this, and it's so simple, but don't we overlook the simple far too often. I love, love, love that the ghost of Christmas present walks out. He extends his arm and he says, touch my robe. Touch my robe. And then Scrooge has a decision to make in that moment. Is he going to be brave enough? Is he going to accept the invitation? Is he going to push past the fear? And is he going to step forward and actually take hold of the robe? You understand that if Scrooge had not accepted that invitation, he would have gone nowhere He would have experienced no change. He wouldn't have seen things as they really are. He was brave enough to go, I'm going to risk it, and I'm going to take hold. He could have stood back and go, oh, nice robe. Uh, I see that there's a robe. I acknowledge that there is a robe. And so often we come into this house and we go, yes, I see that there is a God. I acknowledge that there is a God. But we never step into close enough proximity to grab hold of the robe and be changed the opportunity to draw near, to know his presence, to, to, to know the feel of the warmth of the one within the robe. See, I believe that's what makes us present. I think that's what grounds us in the moment. I think the appreciation of being a part of what God is calling us to, an appreciation for the family of God that he has surrounded us with, the the acknowledgement that if I blow it, I got some people who are gonna lift me up and help me come out of this pit, and we will as much as we can. But the invitation, the great invitation, is to get close enough to Him, close enough to Him to grab hold, just to grab hold and let Him take you where He wants to take you. Let Him do in your life the things that He wants to do in your life. Let Him show you things that you're missing. Let Him take you into that place where everything becomes new. You appreciate today's manna because that's all you got. That's all you've got. And sometimes it takes a catalyst Sometimes it takes a catalyst for us to appreciate where we are and what God's doing. And I had a couple of instances come to mind. A few years ago, I had a a lady come to me here at the church and she said, you know, last Christmas, my family and I were all sitting in the living room around the Christmas tree. And she said, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and say, this is the last Christmas you'll have with your husband. He had been battling an illness. And she said, as soon as I heard that in my spirit, she said, everything changed. Everything changed. Things that had been stressful, things that had been hard, things that I had just, 
you know, oh, this is a lot of work. She said, everything changed. And I appreciated every single moment. She said, I made note of the faces. I made note of that moment and, and I deposited it into my spirit because I believed what the Holy Spirit had said. Everything changed for her based on that perspective. And I believe God wants to change our perspectives. You know, the last time I went to see my mom, I didn't know it was gonna be the last time I went to see my mom, but we had a long gravel driveway leading up to her road, and, or leading up to her house. And when I turned to start to get on that gravel driveway, it had ne never happened before, but I felt like I wanna turn on my camera on my phone and I want to record the drive up her driveway. And I did, and I kept it running as I walked up the steps and walked into her house. And I turned the corner, and she was in the kitchen. And for some reason, I just thought, I want to record. This is just the most simple, most mundane. I'll probably do this a thousand times again, Lord, but I just want to record this moment. And I did. And I didn't know it would be the last time that I drove up that driveway because we didn't know she was sick. You know, I remember so clearly sitting on the sofa with her. We didn't do anything that weekend except spend time together. I remember sitting on the sofa next to her and just having morning coffee, talking about the day. And at about nine o'clock at night, you Southerners will appreciate this. About nine o'clock that night, she said, you know, Barbie, I'm getting hungry. And I said, okay. And I went in there and I fried her a cornbread patty and poured her a glass of buttermilk. <laughs> I would never touch that stuff, but but I went and I made it for her and I sat with her while she ate. And I thought, Lord, today I look and I would give a million dollars for that moment just to do nothing special, just for that moment to sit with her and watch her eat her cornbread. Guys, those moments are passing you by. Those precious, beautiful moments are passing you by because they're not sparkly and shiny and there are no fireworks going off, but that's the beauty of life unfolding right in front of you. Appreciation. So the invitation today is will you accept? Come in. Come in and get to know me better, man. Will you embrace the family of God that he surrounded you with? Will you enjoy them, winners, warts and all? Will you get vulnerable and, and just believe you found a home where people are gonna love you and be there for you? And will you take the opportunity to grab hold, let him take you somewhere and experience everything he has for you today? Be present. Be present in your life. We are going to sing for just a second. And if we have some elders that would come, if you have been walking blindly and numbly, and you just like, I do just, I'm just in a hard place, but I want to be able to see the beauty of it, we have people here that will pray with you. Would you stand? We're going to worship together. If you don't need prayer, you need worship. Amen. So Jonathan, let's do that. Father, I thank you, Lord.
for the stirring of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, for the invitation to come and get to know you better. I thank you for the blessing of your family. I thank you for the transparency that we are allowed when we come to you. And I thank you, Lord, for the hope of grabbing hold of that robe today. Amen.